Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. So good to be here, Kurt Mortensen. This is podcast 340 as we take a dive into self-persuasion today. Procrastination, self-sabotage, fear. It'll only help you in your life and your persuasion and your success, but it's also good to understand why your prospects are procrastinating. Why are they delaying the decision? Why are they putting it off? This is human nature 101. So it's good to understand what motivates people, what drives people, and on the flip side, what causes people to procrastinate not make a decision. And in your personal life, yes, procrastination is a little self-sabotage based on some fears. We'll talk about that today. It's been a good week. Weather's been great. Did some webinars and online training this week. Hope everyone's achieving their goals, becoming more persuasive, and see the value of persuasion, motivation, influence, and self-persuasion. Let's kick it off with the persuasion blunder. Don't, don't, don't. All right, this happened to a neighbor of mine. He's over a neighborhood or two, and it's a nice neighborhood. And there's the knock on the door, the door-to-door salesperson. Now, this is a person that's very young. He said they were bused here to make money to sell magazine subscriptions so they could have a better life and get a college education. You know, really good appeal, appeal to the emotions. And the challenge with this individual they were pitching, they had bought this service. They've seen this pitch three times before. And not once did he get a magazine delivered from the subscription they paid at top dollar at the door. So I said, look, I appreciate you trying to improve yourself. Here's five bucks. Just take it. I don't want a subscription. And this person, this guy got really upset, really angry, took the $5, ripped it up and said, no, I want $100. Okay, $100, which of course made the individual a little more upset. And this person would not leave, demanded $100, and finally had to slam the door on this door-to-door salesperson. Now, this particular neighborhood has a neighborhood texting system where everyone's phone has the whole neighborhood, and in one text, the whole neighborhood gets alerted not to open the door, that there's this door-to-door salesperson being very aggressive, very mean, in your face, And nobody in the rest of the neighborhood opened their door. Now you're going to think, well, duh, that's obvious. And let me just put it out there. Why would this person do that? Why would they be so aggressive in your face? Either they've been taught to do it, or maybe it worked once. It's weird in human nature, it works once. It's got to work again and again and again. Hey, even a blind pig can find food. Anything might work for the first time. Hey, even if you're a terrible salesperson, if you call enough people, someone's going to say yes. And that's the challenge, is sometimes we think it worked once, it's going to work on everybody, and that's all we use over and over and over again. So very aggressive, very in-your-face, very old school. And I happen to know the person he was talking to was a very charitable individual, but rubbed him the wrong way, wrong technique, very old school. When you try to force someone to do something like that, you're going to get the opposite reaction, which of course caused him not to get any more sales in that neighborhood. That is our blunder of the week. Which brings us to our geeky scholarly article. Thought this one was interesting, how to build empathy. 
Because many people think, well, I'm not empathetic. They're more empathetic. They were born with it. It's in their DNA. It's in their gender. It's in their fill in the blank. And this particular study from Stanford, from Jamil Zaki, says you can build empathy. It's something that you can build over time. It can be cultivated. And he says with the right practices, anyone can build empathy. And let me tell you, when I was doing research for laws of charisma, empathy is one of those skills where people feel that you care, that you know them, that they can reveal their strengths and their weaknesses, that you accept them no matter what, that you feel what they feel, man, the doors of influence open right up, and you are perceived as more charismatic. So don't discount this and say, well, I can't do it. And don't discount it and say, well, I already have it. This is something we could all improve and get better at. And he mentions that empathy offers many social benefits. One study found that patients of empathetic doctors are more satisfied with their care. So it's a good thing. And it makes you more likable. Let me, let me add another study to that. Number one reason doctors get sued is the patient didn't like them. Uh, lack of empathy. Uh, yeah, you'll probably die. Well, you shouldn't cry. That's how life is. There's nothing you can do. I mean, lack of empathy, lack of bedside manner is a huge issue for medical doctors. And that's also one of the reasons nurses are always rated more trustworthy in every poll and every study that I've done than doctors because they tend to have a little more empathy. They tend to get into the medical business for other reasons. Then on the flip side, I think we've met people that are a little too nice, a little too kind, a little too empathetic, that you're tired of being around them or you maybe want to hit them. I mean, there's a happy medium here we have to find. So they looked into, okay, is empathy genetic or shaped by experiences? And there's been a fight over the years saying, oh, it's hardwired. No, you learn it. It depends on nurture. Once you have it, you're stuck there for life. There's nothing you can do. And of course, they proved all that was wrong. And they said through practicing compassion, having diverse friendships, and they said even reading fiction, which I thought was interesting, could help grow our empathy, that it's like a muscle. That when we don't use it, there's atrophy. But when we work on it, we use it, it grows. Hmm, interesting. One of the natural things with our brain, and we see this in politics and religion and in our country and around the world right now, it's us versus them. That if they're another party, another religion, another belief, another fill-in-the-blank, it's them versus, no, we're all on the same team here. We're all human. And when you do that, that's one of the quickest ways, they say, to snuff out empathy. We stop seeing them as human, and then we reduce them to their ethnicity, their age, their opinion, like we talked about, politics, religion, and that divides them from us. Now we don't have to be empathetic. We don't have to be nice. We don't have to care. In fact, one interesting book I read a while back, I think it was called The Anatomy of Peace, talked about that, that you really can't go to war when they're a real person. You know them, you like them, you understand them. But when they're a distant enemy that you don't understand them, you've put them in a category, it's much easier to go to war. So when Dr. Zaki was asked, what have you learned about empathy in the brain? He says there's different types of empathy. When he looked into the neuroscience, he found that some people just have a high emotional empathy. We can call it EQ. They just kind of vicariously catch other people's feelings. And they just know what they feel. And they just instinctively can adapt to those feelings. Then he talked about cognitive empathy, which is thinking about what they feel, to where you can think about it, you know, read their body language, and adjust that way. So one's instinct, one takes more cognitive or mental ability. Then he said the brain associated with both cognitive and emotional empathy both support great outcomes. And another study found that just merely believe in empathy is a skill that can be developed, inspired people to try harder at it. And so when they created this growth mindset around empathy, 
they actually learned it. They became better. They were better listeners. And they were better understanding of other people, their thoughts or beliefs. And they had more friends. That's simple. It's something we can all work on. Don't think you can't work on it. That, oh, there's nothing I can do. And don't think you can't improve in this category. This one's huge. Because when people feel that empathy from you, it opens the doors to influence. When they sense you don't care about them, they're just a commission, they're just another person that you're trying to get something from them, that slams the doors to influence. That is our geeky scholarly article. Which brings us to listener email. Oh boy! Now this is Peter from Singapore. Now remember... You can send questions, comments, rude remarks, jokes to Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's also the location to find the archives of past podcasts. The one that can supplement this week's podcast is number 220, The Dark Side of Goals. But MaximizeYourInfluence.com is also the place to take your free Persuasion IQ assessment, see where you rank. You get the new edition of Maximum Influence, pick up a little shipping and handling. Of course, all products and services and Influence University, which Peter gets for free. Looks like Peter already has a silver subscription. We'll upgrade you to gold, Peter, so you can learn the advanced tools of persuasion and influence. And also put a link there to my latest product, 111 Sales Hacks. These are three-minute videos. Here's the science. This is why it works. This is how you apply it. Just a tool a day, a tool a day, a tool a day. Peter says, I'm loving Influence University. It's good to get more persuasion tools. It's helping increase my income. Awesome, Peter. Thanks for the compliment. I've been pursuing success and wealth, but it's taking a little too long. I'll admit procrastination is probably my biggest issue. I know you call it self-persuasion. What can I do to overcome procrastination? I'm getting better, but I could use a few more techniques. Awesome, Peter. I think that's something we all deal with. There is a module on Influence University under Millionaire Psychology. You can check that out. But let's talk about it today. Let's help all the maximizers out there to maximize their income, their life, their potential, their time management by overcoming procrastination because it's something that we all tend to deal with. Now, many experts say procrastination is a form of fear. It's a form of self-sabotage. But we got to say sometimes we're just lazy. We're in front of the TV. We just had a big meal. Sometimes we feel lazy. I'll go with that. And the word procrastinate comes from Latin, which means pro, which means going forward, and crastinus, which means belonging to tomorrow. <laughs> so we're going forward, which means we're basically deferring it till tomorrow. So true, laziness is a part of this. It could be a lack of confidence. It could be a low self-esteem. Those are factors, but usually based on the research, those are minor factors. The major cause is fear. And let me remind you, we've talked about this before, that all your fears tend to be learned. You were only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So the fears that are holding you back when you procrastinate are things that you've learned. So that kind of helps you put things into perspective to realize that if you've learned them, you can unlearn them. So let's talk about a few of those fears that could trigger procrastination. To be open and honest here and figure out maybe, okay, this is the one. Biggest one, the most common is the fear of failure. No one wants to fail. It feels bad. Your brain doesn't want to fail. What if you do it wrong and you fail? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Either you don't do anything or when you do try it, it's half-hearted and it just doesn't work out. But when your brain's in that zone, you're going to fail anyway. Did you know that placebos work 50% of the time? <laughs> I mean, these are sugar pills, but that's how powerful your brain is. When your brain believes it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and you're going to fail. You got to change the way you think. 
No one does it perfect the first time, but a lot of times that feel of failure or striving for perfection causes you to procrastinate. But realize too, I can't give a perfect podcast or presentation. Golfing's not good the first time. First time you try a musical instrument, anything, it's not perfect. You have to get in the right mindset. Another interesting one we've talked about before is fear of success. Holds people back. And this is a common one. People aren't necessarily afraid of a nice home or nice car, but it's maintaining it and getting there. And what will people say? What if they say mean things? Those type of things. And so they just don't even try. And of course, fear of criticism, which is close to fear of failure. The unknown outcome. Am I going to feel uncomfortable? What if I look like a fool? What's Aunt Edna going to say if I fail? Right? You remember Aunt Edna who sits next to you and sucks the life out of you? Always negative, never work out, everything's bad, very pessimistic. Just sometimes of them thinking, I told you so, you shouldn't have done that is enough. That fear of criticism can hold people back. Fear of the unknown. Where to start? Unfamiliar. It's new. It's unclear. We're not sure what to do with that. And I'll add one too is feeling overwhelmed. Which is one that gets me. So I've been over to Europe doing business, been gone for a while, come back, and there's a list for my publisher, all the phone calls and emails I need to return. My wife has a list, my kids have a list. It's like so much you take a nap. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about you got to break it down to smaller, manageable, bite sized pieces. Maybe you need to find a mentor who's been there before that can kind of structure how to do it. Are all things to think about. But let's talk about this self sabotage. This fear, you're sabotaging yourself. A lot of it's coming from your internal dialogue, your thoughts. Be more aware of your thoughts. You see, worry is a form of fear. And if we're always worried and having negative thoughts, that triggers negative emotions. And that triggers inactions. We actually do nothing. So if our thoughts are very negative and we're stuck on worry, that it's not going to work out, which triggers, of course, those fear of failure, or maybe even the fear of criticism, it holds us back. So be more aware of your thoughts. And be more aware of your vision. The best way to fix worry is to have a bigger vision. When people are stuck on worries, their vision's not strong enough. So spend more time visualizing the success. Maybe before you go to bed, visualizing the victory, visualizing the bank account, visualizing your skinny body, whatever it is, can be very, very helpful. Because if your brain can't see it, we've talked about this, if your brain can't see it mentally, it's not going to happen physically. Because people get stuck after that first maybe setback or failure. It's not in the cards. It wasn't meant to be. Well, it's the universe talking. And people just give up. They get stuck in that fear, which is called that loser's limp. Have you heard that one before? It's a sports term. I think Zig Ziglar coined it, famous motivational speaker, where in football, long pass, and the defender knows they're not going to catch up. It's going to be a touchdown, so they pretend they have an injury, so they can't be blamed. It's not their fault. The other piece we see is the pre-excuse for failure, where they make an excuse right before the sporting event or any activity why they won't be successful. I've seen this when I've run half marathons before, where everyone's like, oh, you know, I haven't been training very much. My knee's been hurting, didn't have a good meal. You know, I don't know about my carbs, my energy level. Basically, loser's limp is your pre-excuse to fail before you even try. And when you give yourself a pre-excuse to fail, you're going to procrastinate. You're not even going to try. So when we get stuck in our zone, it keeps us from our full potential. It delays your goals. It destroys your confidence and motivation. And you're not being an asset to the world. Your DNA coded for greatness. And when you procrastinate what your heart's telling you to do, or you're listening to the negative people around you, remember, success is the best revenge. Use that to motivate you on how to really get in the zone and understand exactly how this works. 
So let's talk about a few more tools on how to overcome this. This is real, and I don't expect you to use every tool, but think about your procrastination and what it's cost you. Maybe you have a few tools here that we can talk about that can get you back on track. Because on the flip side, we know that delayed gratification is one of the traits of very successful people, being able to put off what they want now, but also being motivated and overcoming that procrastination. So pick a few of these that could work for you. The first one, make the fear of not doing it bigger than the fear of doing it. (laughs) Think about that. So if fear is holding you back, make the fear of bankruptcy, heart attack, getting fired, being broke, eating dog food. Okay, maybe that's a little extreme. But if you make the fear of not doing it, not exercising, not making that next phone call, not talking to that person, making the fear of not doing it bigger than the fear of doing it, that could be helpful for a lot of people. And maybe you're the type of personality that wants to force yourself. There's no option. That if you don't make 50 phone calls today, you only make 40, you have to make 60 the next day. That if you don't get up and exercise 30 minutes this morning, you've got to do 60 the next day. If you don't do it, you have to double up later that day or the next day. And I always buffer that with reward, that if you do your 30 minutes or you make your extra phone calls, reward yourself. It could be a treat. It could be something you're doing the next day, whatever it is. Just be like Thomas Edison. Just do it until. Venture the light bulb hundreds of times. Didn't work. Couldn't figure it out. He's like, well, moving on, moving on. He just did it until it worked. There was no setback. There was no giving up. He just made it happen. Mentioned earlier, just break it down to smaller, manageable, bite-sized pieces. Maybe by the hour, by the day, by the week, depending on what your goal or what you're trying to accomplish. And sit down and make a plan at the beginning of the month, what you're going to do every day. And how you're going to accomplish that and who you're going to mentor with. And a big piece here is keep the score. The score helps you out. If you're trying to lose weight, you know, it goes up and down a little bit. But overall, if the trend is is you're losing weight, that's important. It gives you patience. If your trend is to become a millionaire, keeping track of your income and your investments, it goes up and down as long as there's an upward trend. But you have to keep the score to know that you're doing well. In sales, they call it your close rate. You got to keep the score and know how many calls you made How many did you talk to? How many said yes and how much money you made? You have to keep the score. That keeps you motivated and on track. So you got to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Now, some people, the adage is jump and the net will appear. If you were getting ready to run a marathon, you would just start your first day, run 10 miles. But some people need to be the nudge a little bit at a time, a half mile the first day, and then maybe a mile the second week, just a little bit at a time. There's no right or wrong here, but pick the one that works best for you. Know how that works. And use social pressure, social validation. Get a team, get a goal buddy that's going to hold you accountable, that's going to meet you on the street corner to exercise, that's going to ask you how many phone calls you made, is going to ask how much money you spent that month or saved that month. And they have their goal too, and you're going to ask them the same questions or different questions, have a goal buddy. And with all this, keep learning, keep adapting, keep growing. What's working, what's not working can be very beneficial. Remember, procrastination is something that can amplify over time. And the opposite's true. The more you overcome procrastination, get on track, start achieving your goals, start accomplishing more, that amplifies over time. So if you're wondering what's taken so long, take a look at your procrastination. So that's our content for the day. Thanks, Peter. We're going to upgrade you to the gold level of Influence University. If you want more information about what we talked about today, go to the archives or go to our YouTube channel, Maximize Your Influence, where I take a piece of what we talked about today and I take a deeper dive. But you can also go to iTunes, Spotify, iHeart at Maximize Your Influence. But under Pinterest and Instagram, we're under Max Influence. So check out our social media and think about what we talked about today. 
If you're in denial, man, you've got some huge issues. This is something you can work on. You can help other people work on. Because when you understand the science of procrastination, now you can help your prospect who's feeling overwhelmed. Maybe there's fear of criticism. There's the fear of failure. You can adapt that, put things into place where you can persuade them and influence them. So appreciate being here. Appreciate your comments. If you like what I heard, give us the five-star rating. Really appreciate that. That helps us out. But hey, maximize your influence. Become more persuasive. Learn how to persuade yourself. And ultimately, you'll be able to persuade with power.